As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Mentor. This week we're talking to two women who have started a markets business the oldest retail format in the book. Madeline Anderson and Rebecca Fox launched their business Cambridge Markets in Watson's Bay in 2015 and have since started markets in other locations around the eastern suburbs of Sydney. I'm really excited to talk to these two guys about their new business, especially as when so many people are talking about online retail, you know, i.e. Amazon, they've managed to start something that's growing in a physical location with high-quality retailers and products. Counterintuitive. Plenty to talk about, so let's get into it. Madeline and Rebecca from Cambridge Markets, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you. Now, I, this is uh, crazy because you know, only yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, Amazon launched and uh, you know the whole world's crapping themselves and talking about uh, online and you know what's going to happen to everybody and uh, here you are counterintuitively um, going the total opposite way, you're opening up Cambridge Markets. So uh, tell our listeners what Cambridge Markets is all about. Cambridge Markets started a couple of years ago quite organically. Um, I was, I'm very involved in the Vaucluse community and my girls go to the local school and I was doing the fundraising and we, one of the most successful um, events that we do there was called Country Carnival and it had stalls and we re- I realised very quickly that not only the school community liked it but the broader Vaucluse community liked it so they'd come along. And there was just a niche in the market for community events, particularly in Vaucluse. So I started the Christmas market and brought Beck along and we started Cambridge Markets. It was started with a Christmas market and we did a winter market. Well, what is it though? What's a Christmas market? Well, what, what is the market you're talking about? Because it, these days the marketplace can be online. Yes. Um, what is No, this is a, this is your traditional market and markets have been around for thousands of years it's where people gather it's a um uh, the community comes together and you shop now there are many little tiny micro businesses out there that are online or small businesses local businesses as well as the professional market goers that just do all the markets and they pop up a tent 
They put it on, down a table and they sell their wares and they get to talk directly to the customer. Um, especially online businesses find it really beneficial because they don't get a chance to actually do a one-on-one with their customers um, and they don't want the expense of setting up a store at a shop um, that, and they can just do this a couple of times a year. And there was no shortage of them, was there? No, there's there's literally now hundreds and hundreds of people that put in applications to be storeholders at our market. The other thing we've um, quickly realised is that there are actually lots of markets around once you, um, once you look. There are markets in most places, but there are not very many markets that have really quality stalls. And what there is in Sydney, which is lovely, is um, no shortage of quality stalls. So the other difference between Cambridge markets and another market is that it is all of a certain quality. And that's where the real gap in the market is. Okay, let's just wind it back a bit. Cambridge, why Cambridge? Well, it's, the name came from Vaucluse Public School is actually on Cambridge Avenue. So that's where we got the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know where. Yeah, I know the joint. So it hasn't got nothing to do with Cambridge in in the UK. No, or in, no. London, but in it England, I should fancy, say. It? it does sound <laughs> very fancy. No, because I just thought you were trying to um, sort of build an image of quality. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. You are. So right. yeah, all the, exactly all the associations with the word Cambridge because of England and stuff. It, it's of a certain of a certain standard, and so that's a big part of our market. We're in the nice position now where lots of good storeholders come to us. And then we very, very carefully go through hundreds of entries and or applications and we work out the right mix. Tell me what's good quality. What do you mean? Um, Apart, as opposed to crap. So that is, I guess, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Correct. However, um, as we live and breathe this, this area and this market um, – what it's not is a lot of incense and a lot of secondhand goods and um, homemade bric-a-brac. That's what it's not. So um, quality. Is that, because, is that because your audience or your customers don't want it? Yes. So we, um, what we found with our market, we have it's a big market. It has 120 stalls. I've seen it in Watson's Bay. Yes. So I was we're wondering bro- who these people were blocked the bloody road <laughs> off because I live there. <laughs> Sorry, no, well, it's okay. It's all good because I, 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 quite, I thought it was quite good for the community. Well, this is the thing. Um, in terms of being good, that's the other reason. In terms of being good for the community, there's plenty of research around. It goes back decades about how good for you markets are. So even though Amazon's gone online and there's Westfield, people don't connect and talk to each other. And one of the great things about a market is it actually brings a community together and people actually talk to each other. So explain to me, I, I, I think this is important, I think, Explain to me a couple of things here. Um, any research you may have done around the importance or the connectivity of a market? Um, that's one. I'd like to know too about what thought processes you put into who your what your customers want, like, and therefore how do you select the product? Your product being the storeholder, as opposed yes. to the product of the storeholder. Yes. And um, and sort of what uh, what outcomes have or what um, feedback have you got? So why don't you go through those three? Um, so the first thing you asked was around the research. Yeah, research. I mean, yes. what, so yeah, what, the research about the connectivity. I mean, why why do we feel it's important in a personal sense to be connected to something that a market brings? Well, I think um, with the advent of the internet and 
um, technology, we are less, even though we are more connected, I suppose, with social media, we're less personally one-on-one connected and um, a market physically brings a community together and, and children love it and embrace it and uh, it's, I suppose, a, way, a wholesome way to come together. It's not involving alcohol. It's, um, you know, uh, shopping small and supporting your you know, there are a lot of businesses in Watson's Bay, Vaucluse, the area that we were having the markets that were businesses built out of houses in the area. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's – a, then the research has – we found from the UK, we found a, a document from the UK that um, uh, they, that resulted that the best way to bring a community together is a market. So is, are you saying to me then it's you need to have – you're going to rely for your demand or your flow, um, you're going to rely on the community or the local area people because probably more than likely people aren't going to travel too far to get to this market. Well, actually in the last market we did in Watson's Bay, we had people from everywhere. We had people from Manly. We had people um, from the North Shore. But that's purely because of – where the market is right now. You can have and a the, day out. You can. It's one of the most beautiful, iconic the spots in Sydney. Yeah. You can bring your family. I guess the other thing that... Um, so it's not just local community you're relying on here. It's you're relying on... I mean, you've, you've been... I guess you're being strategic in the locations you pick because, as you say, you've got, a, you've got the ferry coming in there all day till 8pm. Yes. You've got the Water Bay Hotel across the road pumping music out... And it's like, you know, one of the iconic joints at the moment. That's where everyone wants, everybody wants to go. So, like, I go to the market, then I can sort of say, let's go and have lunch at the pub. Yeah. And you can have, have a beer after your shop. Yeah. Exactly. So, you're picking locations which have some other strategic value for somebody to, say, spend the day down there. And the other thing with markets is they've got to be accessible. So, you cannot rely, as you know, because you live there. It's very difficult to park. Mm. There's one way in, there's one way out. So you have to pick an area if the if you if the access by car is not great, it has to have good public transport. And um, Watson's Bay, obviously Robertson Park, is right where the ferries get off and the buses come in. So um, we picked a spot that, although wasn't accessible by car, is accessible by public transport. And then we also um, market. We heavily market to the local area, but we also market. Um, because of the area, we do all the hotels around here and we do national press, things like that, so that um, people from everywhere can find out about our market. In saying that, though, our core market is the local um, community and we may get 20 – we actually got 20,000 people to our last market. However, the people, the core group that spend money, really, we found is that local, is that local group – so we run another market in um, Rose Bay on a Tuesday. It's a farmer's market. It's a, a really, really small market. And we don't get hundreds of people along to that market, but we get a really loyal local group of customers that spend a lot of money in a short time rather than having a lot of customers that buy one or two things. We have the opposite. We have less customers, but they buy more things. And that turns out to be, I mean, a storeholder doesn't care as long as people buy your buy your products. So how's the model work? So <coughs> you're, you're you're effectively a landlord, are you? Yeah, we're yes. like we're like we're like we are. And actually 
this is just an aside thing, going back to that research, if you look at supermarkets now, people know that markets are good for you. Supermarket planning, when they build new supermarkets now, they're actually building them to look like markets, yes. not aisles and aisles and aisles and aisles and aisles. I hate them. Yeah, yeah. We hate, we hate them too. And this is the other reason why we're doing it. This is one of the main reasons why we do it. We don't like shopping centres. So rather than go and hang out in Westfield for the day with your kids, which you know, is a really soulless experience. We're just getting out of the car parks at nightmare. Exactly. I can never remember where I am. <laughs> well, I only park on one floor. I'm the same, on P4. But anyway, so you get to go to a park. You're outside, which is good for you. Um, and the other thing is you're not buying the same as everybody else. These are artisans. These are, these are individual products. Um, these are things that you won't find in Westfield. So it's very nice to give somebody a gift that not everybody else has. Um, and that's what you'll find at our market. I noticed I went down there. I had a look a couple of weeks ago. It was two, three weeks ago we did at Watson's Bay. We did. Yeah. Yes. I walked down. I rode my bicycle down there and uh, biked down. And I had a, a, a rode through. Um, and uh, the only thing I wanted to visit was this thing they were selling some food. There was a line. It was like a Congo line. It was about 50 metres long. People were trying to line up to buy whatever it was. I can't remember what it was that was selling. Was it the hamburgers? Something like that. I just felt like that's what I, I could smell it. And, uh, yeah, and it killed me. So I ended up riding off. But um, because I, you know, for me, I feel like I don't have enough time. Mind you, I had nothing to do all day. But um, other people probably go down there nice and relaxed. They're just hanging out for the day, sit on the grass, look at the mm-hmm. – it was I a mean, beautiful day too. very hard to manage numbers. Numbers are hard. You can get a perfect day like that and get – 20,000 people, you might not get a perfect day and you get a lot less. So it's very difficult with the food we've found to, to say, bring this amount of portions or how many food stores are we going to have. And, you know, it's just a bit of trial and error really. And it, and it can vary. There's so many variables on the day of why people come and um, how many people come. And, and Probably not your problem at the end of the day. Um, I mean, you want well, it all to work out, but, I mean, it's not really your problem. You're, 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 you'd be saying to yourself, look, Storeholder, I can't account for everything because Christmas time people aren't really interested in blah, the oranges and hamburgers as they let themselves go. Um, whereas if you're the <laughs> fruit juice guy or the juice guy over here has got zero calories that he or she's promoting, um, that might not be the go at Christmas time because people might be just letting their hair down, you know. I mean, so, but um, ha- what's your business model? Tell me about the business model. Like, what do you charge? I mean, does the council charge you? How's it all work? Oh, yes. So, the council, so we, ha- we had to, um, it took us about almost a year to get it through council to get Watson's Bay because we started at Vaucluse Public School. But I think because we started at Vaucluse Public School and we had already engaged the community there, they were more likely to give us a, a go. We end up having to do DAs for every single market we do down there. Which but is- we are seen as a community event. That's the other reason why we got the market through. It's a very, very commercial site. People have been trying to get it for years and we are the first... Um, company that they've ever let a market happen down in in and who'd you have to go inside you have to go on the watson's get the watson's bay resident action group or something what i don't know you have to get the everybody everybody there is there's online there's local community groups online that we lobbied there was the um rose bay chamber of commerce there was you know it's it's very very grassroots it really is about walking around and sending emails and picking up the phone I mean, that's how our business model started. We went and asked shops to put flyers on the counter. We put up well, they'd posters. They'd like it. They'd love it. 
Yeah, but it was Matt and I that did it. Yeah. Hand, handed out flyers. We still do it. Yeah, we yeah. hand out flyers. We put up <laughs> posters. We lift tables. We, I mean, it has been a very, very grassroots. It was just so because people listening to this and they probably think, oh, well, you know, how good is this? You know, but just I think audiences need to listen to the, some of the horror stories. So you know, you know, like you just said, you and Madeline were walking around um, handing out posters and flyers and what have you, and pretty much. Um, Operating hand to mouth at that point. Matt's covered in bruises, and I can barely walk. My back sore. So we, uh, yeah, we do. Um, it's one of the things we're hoping to do is expand and to get some help because we have done everything. We everything. That's is our in, startup. Startup. Yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. So for for probably for two, two and a bit years, we've been pounding the pavement. Give me a horror story. Give me the worst moment. When did you go? What the. F- doing this well the work. very first market we did the other thing about these markets is you are a hundred percent reliable on the wedding on the weather so we have about eight weather apps on our phone <laughs> and we get RSI about a two weeks or three weeks before a market we're pretty much going like this the whole time and please God please God we did we <laughs> prayed we did the night before our first market we actually prayed we're not particularly religious but we actually you prayed are we are so we had this first Christmas market planned and we have we were so excited. We hadn't slept. We'd been working 24 hours a day for weeks. And the forecast was for gale force winds and thunderstorms. So we actually stayed up all night and um, we did. We prayed. We couldn't sleep. We couldn't sleep. So we were just like, oh, my God, the whole thing. This is our entry into um, market world and the whole thing's going to be cancelled. And we'd done so much work. But the one thing you've got to have is faith. Just In it, yourself. It, absolutely. So we got up, we got to the the, the um, Vaucluse Public School, it was windy and it was raining and then the sun came out <laughs> and it was a sunny day all day. Was, but we'd had stores that had cancelled that morning and so, you know, your layout isn't quite what you'd hoped and you just have to get on with it. So if take the Vaucluse School out and just let's look at the places you rent from the, the council, local council. Mm. Um you agree to pay them a percentage of what you get, or do you, or do you just pay them one flat fee and then you charge each of the storeholders a like for the plot of land, or how's it? Yes, yeah, so our our um, income is based on a stall fee, and then we try to get a sponsor um, that wants to be in the local area. And our expenses are there is large expenses to um, have a market in Watson's Bay. There is a, a, a fee you pay to the council for the hire of the land and there's also yep. a fee you pay to parks and wildlife. Yep. And then we have to put up a really large deposit um, to protect the grass. If anything happens to that grass, we're liable. And that is a big um, risk. We've got yep. 120 stalls bumping in. And then if it's raining the day before and we decide to go ahead... Well, then there's a big risk of the grass getting Decree. damaged. Um, so these are all things to think about. But at the end of the day, once we have the – if it does rain and we already have our storeholder fee and our sponsorship fee, we don't really lose money. It's the storeholders. But that that's not still – it's not a great way to be because no. if your storeholders aren't happy, they're not going to come back to your market. But it's a shared risk and they know – the risk and we some markets take a percentage of takings. We don't do that. So if it's a great day and they make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, we're happy for them. Yay. And it doesn't affect what we make. But if it is an overcast day or a rainy day or windy is very bad, um, 
then and they don't do as well, then they you know they don't do as well. I mean we can't refund because we've spent that money on traffic controllers and the rent to the council and starving on the day, staffing on the day and um, uh, marketing and so that money's already gone. Do you have to put up security? Like you have to have security people there? Like uh, no, no, in Watson's Bay we have traffic controllers. We yeah, block tra- off military road, but yeah. we don't have security. But no, it's, that was it's that an, sort of well, stuff, it's yeah, an yeah. interesting um, point because at the last council meeting we went to, one of the councillors raised. Do you have um, an anti-terrorism? Oh my god! <laughs> so it is going to become a thing. Yeah. So we don't at the moment. It's, we're very anti all of that. We're all about peace and love at our market. However, <laughs> it's something that we will be forced probably to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, future in future. I mean, it will become mandatory. I suspect um, to get something through council, there will have to be that level of security. I guess so at, at a touristy spot. We didn't touch on well, – we did touch on, but we haven't resolved it. I haven't, must not resolve my mind. What do you mean by quality? So mm. explain to me – because quality is a subjective thing. Absolutely. It's in the eye of the beholder. So perhaps you need to identify you – know, we're talking about Vaucluse, for God's sake. I mean, I guess the, <laughs> the beholders in Vaucluse are your audience in Vaucluse. But is – do you – if you – It's not just Vaucluse, though. It's a real east – it's an eastern suburbs thing. So east suburbs. Pa- not, yeah, from Paddington all the way but up. We're not talking to, about uh, – Blacktown. Some place like, yeah, I, I guess I don't want to name a place, but like some place which the socioeconomics are not quite the same as these suburbs. So, which is fine. But how do you how do you work out what the relative, relativity is? What they're is? like. Yeah, yeah, how do you work? Because quality is a relative thing, so it's quality yeah. to your audience. Um, how do you work out what your audience wants? And, and if, you're t- if you are to take it somewhere else other than Watts' Bay or wherever else you do it, Will you um, adjust it accordingly? Well, the first thing that we have to look at is obviously the age group of the people that come to our market. And um, there's a large age group that is similar to us, people with kids. 25. 25, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So pretty much uh, families come to us. And then there's also an older population in Vaucluse. And then there's also young people coming through to sort of teens and 20s. So we've got a real cross-section of age that we have to cater to. Um, And then it really is subjective. I mean, it's based on, at the moment, what we like and what sells. Yeah, but how do you know? I know, but, yeah, you're using yourselves as a surveyor too. But, I mean, mean, it's fine. What you're trying – I guess what you – but maybe I'm – I might be wrong, but you correct me if I'm wrong. Are you saying what you're doing is you're saying, well, we think this will sell, therefore these are the storeholders we'll we'll bring in, and if it doesn't sell, we'll make some adjustment as we go along? Absolutely. Is it sort of more and of a are, trial and error thing? Absolutely, and we're also very involved with our storeholders. That's the other big part of our business model. So I guess with um, digital stuff, there is, there's not so much personal connection. So we spend a lot of time forming good relationships with our storeholders, and that's been a real um, – big part of our business. So we're still, I mean, it's still with 120 stores. We're still calling them. We're still in contact. We um, we talk to them at the end of the market day, see how they, you know, how they went. We're there all day. We suggest that they spruik if they're not doing well. And what is really, really interesting, because it's our job to get the people there, to market and to get the people there. Um, but once the storeholder is there, they've got to sell their wares. And at every market, there's always a few stores that don't do well. 
And what I've noticed, in a spot like Watson's Bay with a good crowd, it's very hard not to sell things. However, the people that don't sell, um, some of them say, you know what, I didn't sell because I've got the wrong product because I'm watching everybody here buy. But some of them say, I didn't sell because I'm in a bad position. And the thing is, you know the park. There's no bad positions at the park. We charge more for stalls up the front, closer to the hot food, because that's naturally where a crowd goes. However, the stalls that we say at the back, it's a park. There's no front and back. So there's still lots of people. So if you do badly and you complain about the position, I don't buy it. So... So what do you do? Um, well, we talk to them. We, we're not in a position to refund, but we talk to them about how they went, about what the crowd's like, you know, about whether they'd be interested in coming back next time with different products um, or whether they – there are some people that just aren't happy. But have you thought about training them? Training them to sell? Um, not – Have you thought about take, grab, grab a hold of them, take, take them down to the stalls to do sell and say this is what you're not doing? We actually do that at Rose Bay at our smaller market. If you know, we because they the, often just some of them stay behind their stall and get on their phone, and you're like, well, how are people are going to engage with you if you're on your phone? Stand, yeah. do some sampling of your product. Yeah. Stand there, talk to people. Even if you're not selling, at least you're engaging with them, and you know they might go to your website later, or which is what happens. So you know that we often get calls afterwards. Um, from customers that have been there and then necessarily didn't necessarily buy anything on the day and then um, they remember that they wanted to buy this thing at the market so they ring up. So there's quite a lot of repeat sales That's the well. sort of thing I do, by the way, if I go to markets. I actually, I don't want to buy anything, but I'll take a card and I think, oh, yeah. that's, that's interesting, that, you know, cutting board or something. Yeah, that's not a bad camphor-based camp cutting board. You know, I'll, I'll get one of those. And I'll get my secretary to do it, you know. Yeah. That's what I'll do. I, yeah. I can't be stuffed carrying something home or walking around with a parcel under my arm or something. Yeah. So, But I do that. So, they should be giving cards out. They should be saying, you know, this is made from this, blah, absolutely. blah, blah. It's, uh, you know, I make it myself or whatever. Um, you know, I can get, I can deliver it to you if you want. It's, uh, you know, it's made of 100% camphor or something. You know, so exactly. It's, it's, um, you know, you know, and my best friend's, uh, you know, is uh, some sort of famous cook, and he or she uses it. You know, Gary Megan, and yeah, um, yeah. you know, from MasterChef, and <laughs> just load them up, and say anything. But I mean, that's and here's my card, exactly. and we sell online. Yeah. And by the way, we'll make it to order or something like that. Well, yes. I mean, that's the best sell. Exactly, yes. it's such a great marketing opportunity. I mean, better than online because you don't get a chance to talk to someone. Exactly, and you know. I know companies pay lots of money to do sampling, do things in supermarkets or in areas where there's this captured audience. Well, the fact is there's 20,000 people walking by. Mm. It's such a great opportunity to market as well as – I know people need to sell at the end of the day, but, yeah, um, there's plenty of things you can do while you're not actually selling Well, if they're down the back, if they think they're down the back and there's someone down the front, I'd be doing as I'd be going up to the bloke at the front and say, listen, mate, you're you're a big crowd. Can I just stand here with you next to you? And, uh, and and just sort of watch what you're doing and actually give out my card as well and I'll pay you 10% of whatever your fee is. I mean, you've got to get these guys' user imagination a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, I'm just wondering whether there's a little bit of a fee in there for you to be able to teach people how to do better. Mm. Something, to, something to think about. Mm. Something With to all think that about. time we have. Put out the time. Yeah, no, yeah. There's, there, is, there is something to think about. We're going to go to a break. But when I come back, I'm going to pursue this with you. Okay. Okay. Thank you.
Welcome back. We're back here talking to Madeline Rebecca from Cambridge Markets, which so far is not in Cambridge. It's in <laughs> Watson's Bay area, but expanding and doing very well. And I must say, I've been down there myself and it's a great community outcome. Ladies, where to from here? I mean, we've been talking about Watson's Bay, but clearly it's, that's not the limit of where you guys want to end up. So what's the f- next step? Well, we realise we have to expand um, to make it a much more viable business and the if you have more markets, that's how um, you can get more income. Um, we can use our, um, our database that we have. We've got a very strong database and relationships. Database of who? Of storeholders. Yep. And relationships with them. Um, so we do actually have um, two very good opportunities coming up for next year um, that will be regular markets, weekly markets, um, twice a week actually, and then a, a very prime location, can't say yet, but a, a monthly one, um, two days every month. Um, so Cambridge Markets is expanding. Um, but to make it a very viable business, I think we need to capitalise on the fact that we are engaging these communities and look for sponsorships and have help on that front. So it's just you two at the moment? Just just, just us. What experience you guys got in uh, finding what's called sponsors? We've both got backgrounds in um, public relations and marketing, so we kind of know what to do. Um, and Matt, certainly for Vaucluse, Mad... Um, that was her. That was her role. She was the sponsorship to raise money for Vaucluse Public School. However, in actually um, targeting big corporate sponsors, um, we don't have much experience. However, we've managed to get BMW and McGrath for this for Cambridge Markets, who are both big, well-known corporate sponsors. You, you're talking about in, in Watsons Bay. In Watsons yes. Bay, so. We have done it quite well, but I almost think that was a little bit of a fluke. There's um, there's a lot more we can do there with sponsorship, and that's how we need to. So with with markets, there's a finite amount of income. If you're not going to use the business model where you take a percentage of the storeholders' um, takings, which we don't want to do, we, are, we charge a set fee, and that's it. That's the only income you get. So the only secondary source of income you can get is from sponsorship. Now, we've also done that in a very grassroots way, but we'd like some big corporate sponsors now. I didn't see McGrath signs or BMW signs when I went down there. They might have been there, but I didn't see them. BMW had their cars there. We approached yeah. BMW because of their showroom. At, was, yes. Um, so because they're redeveloping that site, we thought it would be a great opportunity for them to have a presence still in the eastern suburbs, and they agreed. So they bring the roundabout at the end. Um, of Military Road, they have BMWs parked oh, right. all around there and salespeople and um, it's a great way for them to show off their cars and remind people that they are coming back. Actually, there's a temporary showroom now down in yeah, Rushcutters yeah, Bay, yeah. but there was Pop nothing. Up. I think it's a great opportunity because not everyone can step into a showroom or want to step into a showroom, but they might be down at Watson's Bay at the market and they see this BMW car and go, oh, gosh, I like that BMW car. You know, you, you're actually coming to the people rather than bringing the people But, Maddie, to you, you sold me. You got, okay, BMW is a good one. <laughs> but but I, I agree. I mean, I agree, but are you saying to me that's not enough? You mean need more sponsors? Because um, they'll we, go there. I mean, I can't imagine why they wouldn't go there again. Mm. No, they have um, come back, yes. Yes. So the other the um and then the other relationship that we'd like to develop is this relationship with McGrath. And if McGrath weren't interested, then it would be another real estate. Yeah. So agent. okay, you you get another. So real that's estate. two. So, so, that's so we'd two. like another one. We'd okay, like so someone you just want like one, one, one. You only want one more for for Watsons Bay. Yes, oh we want you guys, one more. You can't tell me you can't get one more sponsor for there. 
The thi- no, but what, what about, I'm saying. What about, what about the pub? No, well, what I'm saying, the pub are a sponsor, but in a different way. It's not a monetary oh, okay. sponsorship. It's it's a different relationship. However, what I'm the well, thing well, that I'm trying that sounds mysterious. The thing that I'm trying to get across, I guess, is we want time to be more strategic with our business, rather than so much of our time is taken up with just running the business yeah, and so getting the work, work on the business, done. not in the business. Okay. I, I, my, my answer to that is go get someone who specialises in sponsorship, you know, someone yes. like Fordham or whatever. Go go get someone to sponsorise, uh, specialise in this sort of stuff. Like I'm on the board of the Sydney Roosters. Um, we have a, a proper big team doing this sort of stuff. And yes. Like 20, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They just work on sponsors and – my view is you should have layers of sponsors, a platinum sponsor, a silver, gold, whatever, you just, and they get different things. And you should make your sponsorship more than three over time. You should be sort of seeking, having a goal of putting in a five or six sponsors, you know, and mm. you know, maybe some sponsors also get a free a plot, stall, a free, absolutely. Yeah, free stall, et cetera. Um, but that's a real art sponsorship. And look, with a gross respect, you guys might have some experience in public relations, but today sponsorship is an art. Yes. It's a hard thing to do. Mm. Because you know, everybody's going after the same people, and we—I'm one of those companies who does—we do sponsor things, and I know that I can pick and choose what I want. Yes. So you know, maybe you need to set up a stand where someone can go and go and do a talk. You might say, "Listen, at uh, McGrath's going to John McGrath's going to come down. Won't be John, but someone's going to come down from the real estate agent and, and at uh, at ten o'clock, and he's going to talk about the property prices in these suburbs or wherever." Um, Mm. Or what their outlook is, and because that's that's how you get these guys to put more dough in. Yes. Uh, so and then and, and data, yeah. we can give them data. And, uh, yeah, well, they and they can get stuff from you, and they might want your your list. Yeah. So, but you need someone who, to, you, as you say, you're too busy doing setting the damn thing up. So mm. what you need is go and outsource this to somebody who specialises in this area. That's what yes. I would do. Yeah. Just get, and yep. give them a percentage of whatever it is you raise. Yep. Yes. It's easier. Yeah. And once you've done a couple of times, they've done it a couple of times. You know it works. Yep. Is it typically what happens is um, you get big enough, your revenue is big enough, and you sort of say, okay, well, let's put our sponsorship manager on. Yes. Yes. That's yes. the process. Yes. Get your heads out of that stuff. Yes. You're There's lots the of ops. stuff I want to get our heads out of. So You're in can, operations. The thing is people are coming to us. This is, this is one of the main reasons why we wanted to come and see you. People are coming to us now left, right, and center to do what we do in other places. But it's not possible if it's just Matt and I. And um, in order to do more things, we obviously may need to get staff to help us. Would you consider this, the, uh, ladies, would you consider um, uh, uh, sort of licensing the Cambridge markets to somebody else and someone else runs it? So you say to, uh, I don't know, whatever the community is you're going to, or advertise, look, there's a license to, to run the Cambridge markets in your name based on your manual, you produce a manual. This, this is the sort of types of stalls you want. This is how far about how far, what the tents look got to look like, and mm-hmm. this is how how far they're spaced, and this is the structure and the layout, and this is what we do four weeks before, and this is what we do three weeks, two weeks. And this is the PR program, this is the marketing program. This is how we go and put out flies, all sorts of stuff. And you say to someone, now I'll take twenty percent, or whatever you take. Yes. That way, you guys become uh, yeah. licensors. Right. Would you consider that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> yes. Is that easier than doing having to do? Because you know what's going to happen if you get four really good markets, you guys are going to be pulling your hair out. Yes. Well, we, we're 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 actually at that stage now. We're now yes. pulling our hair out. So, like, if you if you went and uh, secured secured the site. Yep. And you then drew up a manual, an ops manual mm-hmm. of how this works. 
yep. from your experience. Yep. Yes. And you drew up a set of rules as to how you want it to be Yes. in order to be faithful to the Cambridge Markets profile. Yes. It's good. Op- it's good. Yeah. It's good exercise, actually. Yes. And then you say, then you advertise it to someone who would like, or you might even know someone who would like. Would you like a license to run this along the lines of our ops manual? And you just have a supervisory role. You just sort of come in on the day and just wander around. And the first year, the first one or two might be a bit awkward, a bit lumpy. Yeah. But after, if you got the right operators in, they get a good rhythm. You might give someone a you know a one year license agreement to run this. With an option to renew in your favour, you know your right to renew. In other words, you can choose whether you want to renew with these people or not, and and then you for that you take a fee, a license fee, for using your concept, the thing you you gave birth to. You know you created this. This is your thing. But you want someone else to run it. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, yes. you're going to be. You know what's going to happen. You're going to have to go and raise money because you're going to need to have a whole lot of money to set each one of the different locations up. Yes. Then you're going to have to put a whole lot of people in place, the managers and whatever. And it's going to come back to you because you can't replicate yourselves. That's, that's going yes. to be the hard thing. Yes. You need a business person to run it, that it's theirs. Yeah. But on, on the basis it's faithful to what you do. Yes. It's like a franchise. Yes, that's what I was about to say. It sounds. Like I wouldn't a call franchise. it a franchise. I'd call it a <coughs> license, but <coughs> franchise has a whole lot of other implications. But I would call it a license fee, a license arrangement where you license them the brand. Would we go and find the sites for these people? I, I think I would initially, because yeah. uh, I, I, again, you've got to be faithful to the to your brand. Mm-hmm. So I think the sites. You just told me right very early on how important the site is, because the site draws mm. a certain customer base, and a certain customer base and demands a certain quality of storeholder. The site draws transports, uh, transport, parking, etc. And the, it also has the an two, appeal. The two new markets that we're going to start, though, they've. Um, asked us to, to do it on the basis of us though. So I think with this model, Cambridge is definitely ready to do that. But the two new ones that we've got, I think that we would need to stay in them for a year and actually run them before we could do that. Well, well it might be an idea what you do is you partner up with a person who has the right to own the licence in a year's time. So like, you know, yeah. you know, like just yeah. run with them for a year yeah. and just say, listen, we're going to own this for the next 12 months. Yep. You can you know, take it over. Take it over a year's time. Yeah, yeah. Just do one at a time. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. But I mean, because you know, like uh, you've got families. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless you want to become forty-eight hours a week, and the kids, mm. and then sitting on top of a pile of uh, people, which is what these things. This is a people business. Yeah. Yes. This is not electronic. No. This no. is not digital. This is hands-on. Yeah. Stalls. Rubbish removal, traffic yes. management, yep. a whole lot of shit. Yep. Um, so it portaloos, yeah, portaloos <laughs> exactly. So yeah, exactly. That's a whole lot of shit. So, um, so what you and I think the most important thing is you probably can't do it straight away. You probably need to manualize this. Yes, you need it to be actually manualized. So when someone says to yes. me, if someone says to me, well, we do it at Yellow Red Road, but if someone says to me. I would like to do what you do at Yellow Brick Road, Mark. But instead of doing it nationally, I want to do it at um, Bonner Junction. And we say, okay, well, this is this is the way you do it. This is how you run a mini Yellow Brick Road. Yes. These are the things you've got to be faithful to in terms of the branding, yes. where you recruit the people from, storeholders I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Here's the databases we provide. Yep. And you, you run a supervisory role. 
You might need a year to build that manual up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You need pictures, what it looks like, yes. spacing. You have to mm-hmm. be really, really mm. prescriptive mm. on everything you do. Mm-hmm. What that actually does actually adds value to your business, you know, because even if you don't license it out, all of a sudden you've got everything written down and that's your business. Mm. That's your actual business instead of right now it's all in your heads. Yes. Well, at the moment, yes. So we have no procedures or strategies and we've been doing so much work we haven't been able to plan. So we've reached the end of the year and we've got all these great opportunities but we're totally exhausted and we've been working seven days a week or six days a week for months and months and months and months. And that's just one market. Well, we also do um, yeah, Rose, Rose Bay, Bay Farmers yeah, Market yeah. and then we also did a food event as well. Um, food festival. Food festival, a night food festival with alcohol. That was our first um, venture into first that. venture into that because there is also a space in Sydney where food has become entertainment and um, people are looking for nice things to do both with their family and with without. So we... The concept was we had a whole lot of good restaurants and chefs in a market environment with four nice bars and then people could come and eat in sort of a market environment but eat very good food. Um, So that's another business that we started as well. Um, But I guess we've ended up in this space at the end of the year where we know we have a good business but it. You know, there's there's no manual, there's no planning, there's no. So you haven't got a business yet. We need what you help. Got is the two of you. Yeah, we need I mean, help. You don't have a business yet. You've got two of you who conduct the business, but to have a business, yes. you have to be able to walk away and it still still exists. Exactly. So you need to manualize. You need an ops manual, right? About from beginning to end. Like, let's say you're going to uh, pass this to your children, mm. and you wanted them, you know, the day one to be able to basically just follow a set of instructions. Like yes. It's like this is like uh, the IKEA. Yes. <laughs> IKEA markets. Yes. You know, like where you give a kit to somebody and you, if you're yes. half in, half right, you can put it together. You might end up with a few bits and pieces left over, but it still works. Yeah. That's what a manual does. Yeah. It's really important. Then you've got a business because then you yeah, can sort exactly. of say, I've got something here that operates independently of me. Yes. And I know, I remember somebody telling me that, that your business can never be you. It has to be because you can't sell you. It's a risk, has yeah. to be. It has to be. A, well, you a right thing. now you're the biggest risk of the business. So you got a business, yeah. but if something happened to either one of you, or one of them just said, "I don't want to do it anymore," you got a problem. Yeah, yeah but it's like how I said, "Oh, Matt, the physio said I can't lift, I can't bump in." And Matt's like, "Well, what are we going to do?" You know, like we don't want to be in that position. Well, we you want. are in that position right now. I know, but I mean, the, the, so we, the, we, we've got to you, get somebody to help. But. So my advice to you is, before you can get someone to help, though, you need to get some staff, a few people to help you. I get, I get that. Yes. You're a, new, fit, a couple of able bodies. Yes. But what you do need is you need to get this operations manual and you need to set it up such that you can license it to somebody else. You may not, but it's good to be in a position that yes. you can. Yes. Right now you can't. Yes. I mean, you would... Probably have to spend, you know, three months talking to someone about it. Yes, as yeah, absolutely. To, here, here it is, and uh, and you might end. Up, what you might end up having is uh, uh, three other people running three different markets, and once every quarter, you might all come together and you might have a a day of instruction. Yeah. Yeah. You sit down and say, okay, let's just go through, like professional development day. Let's yes. go through what we, you two, have now learned as the best the best practices in relation to the markets that are working for us. And we'll have, at the end of the day, we have Q&A. You guys can ask me some questions and we'll give you some answers. Well, uh, probably better than that, probably better than a professional development day, more a hackathon where you ha- hold a hackathon with your licensees and maybe half a dozen storeholders. 
yeah. for each of the licenses. And you say, okay, there's Bankstown, there's Blacktown, and there's Watson's Bay, for argument's sake. Um, and we're going to get a hackathon of five storeholders from each. The hackathon, the hackathon will include five storeholders from each. Um, it'll include the licensees and maybe three staff from each. And okay, let's let's spend it down. How do we do this better? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's what a hackathon does. Yeah, yeah. And that's applying you know, more modern digital stuff to uh, an old school hands-on business like the ones you guys run. Yes. And off the back of that, you should get best practices. Yes. Everyone's included. It's not you yes. telling them. You're sharing with them, but they're also sharing with you. And so the storeholders sharing with you. And so uh, it would be even good if you've got a couple of customers in there. But that's what a proper hackathon does. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, that's a valuable thing. People say, shit, I, I'd love to be involved in this sort of uh, licensee. Look at these guys do that. Old hackathons three, four times a year. Um, you know, we get to know what our customers are thinking. We, you get to know what your customers are thinking. That's your storeholders. You get to know what your licensees are thinking. Yeah. Yes. You're then sharing back the other way. You should always own one. Yep. Yeah. At least. Mm. And that, that, that's your showcase. Yes. And then when you, when you sign them up, you say, we're holding the Watson's Bay one on blah, blah date. Before you can start, you've got to come and spend a day with us at Watson's Bay. In yep. fact, spend the first three days with us. The day before, two or three days before, let them sweat a bit. But, yep. you know, you need, they need to spend some time with you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You've got to try to um, – you can't replicate yourselves within your own business. You can replicate, replicate yourselves outside of your business. In other words, yes. you can find people in your own image. Yeah. They're not going to want to work for you. They're going to want to own it. Yeah. Anyone yep. who's going to want to work for you is never going to own it mm. because that's not the style of people they are. Yeah. So if you're going to get people to work for you, you're going to de- end up doing all the worrying and all yep. the fussing. Yep. Mm. You want someone who owns it, they're not going to want to work for you. They're going to want to be a licensee. It's got to be their business. Yep. Let them do the fussing and yep. worrying. Yep. yep. You just do the instructing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I like that concept. Yeah, I like the concept too. <laughs> In that, and you know, it, yeah. I like the concept of doing a manual anyway because that will force us to be organised and think about. You've got to articulate your business. Yes, because at the moment it's in our head. You must articulate it. And you've got to put it down there for posterity. It's got to be written out and be prepared to make a whole lot of mistakes and have a whole lot of arguments, which you will. Um, Because once you start writing things down, it's more permanent and it's got to be agreeable to both of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of an interesting exercise in itself. Two people, mm. um, but it's two. So, and one of you has to decide to be the scribe on this and actually make it happen. Yeah, um, I don't know which one of you likes to sit in front of a keyboard, but that's what needs that's what needs to happen. Or you might want to do it old school, pen and paper. But no, no, no we're not that old school. No. <laughs> um, and then the idea of um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about as well, because this is the stage we're at as well, is this idea of. I normally only give you a ch- chance to ask one question. I've done can two I, so far, but go for it. Go, go on, go on for um, it. It's just this idea. So we own the company, mm-hmm. and um, in order to do any of these things, um, I guess we will require some staff and so. so it's the idea of do we need to take on an investor yet or do you just do it the best you can till you possibly can't do I it? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd do the latter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, okay. I wouldn't bring an investor in. I think the thing that ex- would excite an investor is that it's all manualised. Yes. And that you're about to launch into a licensing or franchising type arrangement. Yeah. Yes. And you've secured some more sites. Yes. 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 And right now you haven't done really done that yet. Yes. The value is it's more potential as opposed to real yes yes and you get a better you get a better the investor will pay more money 
Okay. Yes. Maybe in right. a year's time. Yeah. Yeah, well, then we'll have these two other sites and a manual. Mm. Mm. And, and the two other sites that we've got are really good sites too. Yeah. And, and, and what, you want, what you want to happen is you want to have a list of people who want to be the licensees. You know, yes. You, yeah. Not just your storeholders. Because, look, an investor is going to say you're a risk. Two mm. of you. Mm. You're both mums, mm. both busy. Something's going to go wrong. Bloody hell. Like, you've got to take the risk out of it for the investor. Yeah. Yes. And the risk of, out of it is everything's in your head is now written down somewhere. That's one risk gone. Yeah. The second one is, um, you know, you're not both going to have a hip problem or a back problem or a knee problem or a kid problem or something like that. And, and yes. you can execute on everything because you've got a licensee or at least a list of a licensee. Yes. At least a yes. list of people want to be licensees. Mm-hmm. Where do we find people that want to be licensees? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I know how I do it. We, we advertise in the trade. Trade magazines for, you know, finance trade magazines. Um, I don't know where you'd find a licensee for markets. Is there trade magazines for you guys? There's online, um, lo- like localmarketguide.com and similar that focuses purely on markets. I bet you look, as soon as you started letting people know that you're looking for licensees, for some reason they'll pop up from somewhere. It could be yeah. one of your storeholders might yeah. decide to do it instead Instead yeah. of being a storeholder, I don't, I don't know the answer to it. Um, but, you know, probably the best place to do it is if, I, I would think, say the Wentworth Couriers, the local newspaper yep. in the area where Watson's Bay is, let's say you're doing one in Manly, um, whatever the Manly Courier equivalent is. Manly getting, Daily. Yeah, I'll be getting an editorial in there saying that you're going to bring the Watson's Bay market to Manly and you're looking for a licensee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That might be one way of doing it. Yeah. But that's PR. You guys yes, know that shit. Yes, 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 we do. We do. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to wrap it up because uh, I've got to race out of you guys. So actually, <laughs> Thank you. thanks very much. Thank you. I have to declare early that I uh, I know Madeline from a, a previous years uh, <laughs> and I know her dad. So, uh, But nonetheless, that hasn't influenced me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> and it's been great to see you again, Madeline, Thank after you. all these years. And uh, very nice to meet you, Rebecca. Thank you, and Mark. Great, very much. Great job. I love this. I love the fact that you are uh, – not shaking any boots uh, over the Amazon um, uh, <laughs> hypothesis and that um, you're actually going totally counterintuitive and bringing back to, um, bringing back to all of us the, the ability to actually enjoy a community function every now and then. And whether, whether that means I've got to buy something or I don't have to buy something, it just means that I can go down to my local area and ride my bike around and see people. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. Enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.